For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administrations of this mystery, which were for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. This is the word of the Lord. The Gospel reading is from Matthew, chapter 2, beginning at the first verse. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you have found him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. 
After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went, went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As we remember wise men kneeling before King Jesus, Lord, we stand in your presence and pray that your glory may be revealed even among us this day as we worship you. We ask it for your name's sake. Amen. I expect many of you, and perhaps all of us, have either given or received a Christmas card in the last few weeks. So I have three questions to you about your Christmas cards. Question one, when do you take them down? The traditional answer is yesterday, the 6th of January, the Feast of the Epiphany. And if you have crib figures, they also go away. But of course, many churches retain the figures until the 2nd of February, the Feast of Candlemas, traditionally uh, the Feast of the Presentation of Christ in the Temple, when uh, Simeon welcomed the baby Jesus and proclaimed him to be the light for all the world. But Epiphany, this day, is often the time when we do it. And of course, if you're in the Orthodox Church, today is Christmas Day. So happy Christmas and happy Epiphany at the same time. Question two. How many of your Christmas cards actually are Epiphany cards? In other words, they have wise camel-riding gift bearers from the East, whether or not they're kings, whether or not there are three. But they are to do with the Epiphany theme, with those references back to Isaiah chapter 60. Then you will look and be radiant, your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you, the riches of the nations will come, herds of camels will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah, and all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense, and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. It's a lovely kind of little picture of that which is filled full in this story in Matthew chapter 2. But the third question, perhaps the most important for me, I wonder what color were the faces of your East 
coming gift bearers. They might be black and yellow and Middle Eastern. And very appropriately, if they were, thinking of the way in which the Holy Spirit's been at work during our lifetime in China, in Nigeria, for example, and more mysteriously throughout the Middle East. Three colored faces reflecting the nations of the world, reflecting the nations of our world, because there were these strong links in Jesus' time uh, right the way across the world. Uh, the Silk Road allowed Roman emperors to wear Chinese silk and the, uh, the red Mediterranean watermelon is still called in Chinese sigua, uh, the western fruit. So the Silk Road interchanged between worlds and these were these wise Men, these wise gift bearers, could very easily have come from all sorts of places in the center of Asia. As though to confirm this little focus, we were in Ireland this week and our host, just in passing, mentioned many rural Irish churches which are declining to a point of extinction. And then he said, into the village moves an overseas businessman, Nigerian or Korean and suddenly the church is growing again. So the international church, the same ethnic mix that we find in the 36 or more ethnic congregations in Oxford today, God bringing all the nations to worship his Christ. This is the story in which we find Matthew focusing today. He's keen that we understand that the person of King Jesus fills full all these little images from the Old Testament. The wise gift bearers are coming to the divinely appointed King of the Jews, not the King of the Jews by Roman appointment, King Herod. Indeed, Matthew tells us that when they say we are coming to look for the King of the Jews, Herod is disturbed with all Jerusalem with him but just notice verse 10 in chapter 2 of Matthew when they saw the star they were overjoyed it's a lovely phrase these wise men were overjoyed thrilled to bits you might say like a young child who just can't sit still but is jumping around at Christmas at the idea of the exciting presents about to be opened. There's something uh, touching the whole person in these wise persons seeing the star moving towards its destination and they were thrilled to bits and they bowed and they paid homage and they gave their best. They gave their gifts. And they are a model for us in all those respects. The epistle gives us a similar enthusiastic message from an equally Jewish pen of the converted Apostle Paul. Ephesians 3 verse 4. This mystery revealed, made known, unpacked. The present is opened. We know what it is. 
chapter 3 and verse 4. The mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. And what was the result of this mystery being made known? Well, verse 10 gives us the first. You and I, as church, are caught up in the purposes of God, offering a witness to, among others, the authorities and the powers in our world today. Verse 10. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities. It's a wonderful uh, image of the church as a demonstration, as an exhibition of what God in his manifold wisdom is all about. And we are privileged to play a part in that. And perhaps when we come to our confession, we have to acknowledge how far short we sometimes fall of that privileged exhibition. But secondly, verse 6, and it came out beautifully in the reading, Verse 6, we kneel, we prostrate ourselves, we kowtow, we worship Jesus side by side with those from many and varied backgrounds. Just listen to the word together in verse 6. The mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles, that's us, are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. The whole of God's, whatever God's been doing, we're now together worshipping this Jesus Christ. So, happy epiphany. The revealing of the glory of Christ Jesus, King Jesus, to people like us from all and every nation. And remember that verse 10 of chapter 2. They were thrilled to bits when they saw the baby, the young Jesus. It makes me wonder what were the initial stirrings of the Holy Spirit to make these wise men move off on their journey. A stirring that brought them to worship, brought them to the Christ child, made them the model of so much, despite having to dodge the murderous intentions of King Herod. I wonder how God, by the Spirit, moved and stirred in them. Which makes us wonder how God, by his Spirit, will move and stir within us this Epiphany week. This week of prayer. I wonder how he will stir us as a church, as we give ourselves to prayer. I wonder how he will stir us through taking part in the church's ministry. The new sheet's all about the homeless this week and the Oxford winter night shelter that's being provided by the central Oxford churches. Or our concern to care for those on the dementia journey. How will God stir us as we think about that? Or as we think about those like the wise men seeking to know the reality of God. How will God stir us as we think about the Alpha course, and those who will come on it and find that they can also bow in worship. And how about our daily work this week? 
How will God meet with us and stir us to be part of his purposes, to be an exhibition to those who are watching the manifold wisdom of God? Let me end with an epiphany story from South America. Dot and I read this on Saturday morning from the CMS. It's called Jesus in Prison from Gonzalo Rosala, who's parish minister and subdirector of a prison in a place called Fray Bentos in Uruguay. My experience of working in a secular job as subdirector in the city prison has made a great impact on my life. When I started in the prison, I never thought I would find the Lord in such a place. But I had been brought through a process of personal transformation, understanding my role as a pastor much better as I reach out to those who are suffering. This work has brought me to a profound relationship with Jesus as I have found him among the prison population. We've been working with young offenders and have experienced God at work in an amazing way in our contacts and friendships. May God be revealed in and through us as we likewise worship here and go off into a new week. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven.